0: Praise God. You may be seated. I'm going to kind of take my time in starting off here today because I want you to understand thoroughly what I'm going to be talking to you about. But my 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 thought today, if you had that, would be the foreordained plan predestinated. The foreordained plan predestinated. Now, you're going to have to follow me. God had a foreordained plan that was predestinated. Now you may have heard the word predestination. In fact, I heard a man on the radio one time many years ago and he were talking and he was a preacher and he said he just hoped that he was one of God's chosen and he went on to say as if God has predestined some individuals to be saved and some to be lost. Now right up front, I want you to understand, I do not believe that individuals are predestined to be saved or lost. I want you to understand that, but I do want you to also understand that God has foreordained a plan, and he has predestined a church, and I I want to deal with that, but let me go back and get a little bit of this foreordained. I want you to see where I'm coming from. I hit a scripture last week, and I believe it was last week, and I left a little bit out there that I didn't quite explain. I may not be able to today, but I've been studying on it all this week. In 1 Timothy 2.14, it said, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman been deceived was in the transgression. And the scripture and all, and the woman, uh, you know, took of the tree, gave to Adam, and he did eat. Okay. I'm going to bring that in a little bit here today in just a moment. When I go ahead and read two or three more scriptures about the foreordained ordained plan. Second Timothy 1 and 9. Uh, we, we hath he saved. Who hath he saved? The, uh, and called us, with He hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now I want you to understand me. We're talking about a foreordained plan, predestinated. All right, before the world began. Then went down in in Titus. Uh, uh, one and two. Well, get this in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Before the world began, there was already a plan in order. See, God knew what was going to happen, He knew what Adam was going to do. You know, <laughs> I got to thinking on all these scriptures. Man, uh, the the pre pre the, the the plan that God knew that was going to take place he, he had already He had already foreordained that He already foreordained the answer for it He knew what Adam was going to do He knew that Adam was going to take Let me just read on down a little bit more here because once I get started I can't go back and reread If you'll follow me Isaiah fifty three four You know me. Hey when you're my age you kind of make room for a little bit of mistakes don't you well, he's old, you know, and so if if I stutter a little bit here and read a few things, and uh, you know, well, he's eighty, he almost eighty-three year old. You know, he, he, it's all right for him to do that. He's not, he's not Pastor David, Pastor Nick, and all these highly educated young men. He just, he just that old country preacher, and it's all right for him to <laughs> stutter a little, and make a little mistake, and go ahead. Just look at me for who I am, and they for who they are. Okay. And I appreciate these young men. Now then, let's go back to Isaiah 53 and 4. Surely he hath borne our grief and carried our sorrow, yet we did esteem him stricken and, and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone turned to his own way, but he laid on uh, his own way. But he laid on him. uh, He had laid on him the iniquity of us all. For the transgressions of my people was he stricken. All right, go back to this. Adam took the transgressions of Eve. Adam took her transgressions. Adam was not deceived. Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived. God had already knew what was going to happen. Did God preordain that? Did God... Fix it that way. You know what? God already, God knew the end from the beginning. He had this plan all laid out right from the, he knew what Adam was going to do. We get to think about, boy, old Adam, old Adam. I got to think about this scripture a little bit, Brother Stoney. God knew that. Adam, you know, for the scriptures to have been fulfilled, Adam had to do that. For the Scripture to have been fulfilled from the foundation, even before the world began, God had already a plan in order. He knew what Adam was going to do. And for that all to be fulfilled, Adam had to do what he'd done. He took the iniquity. He took the transgression of his own wife, Eve, on himself to fulfill what the Scripture had already said would happen. Now I know you may ponder on that. I did too, and I got to think. And we talking about well, old Adam, old Adam, old Adam. Well, you know what? That's true. Adam did bring all this stuff to the human race. It come because of sin. But I got to think, it. what would have happened if Adam hadn't done that? You and I wouldn't have been here now. They wouldn't have been a church. I mean, it would just been uh, uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. If they, you know, after Eve had already done that, if Adam had uh, didn't have Hadn't done it, it had just been Eve all along. Well, no, she'd been dead, and Adam had been alive. But they would not been any reproduction. They would not have been a, 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 a church. Yeah, Have you ever thought on that? What, what, well, old Adam, boy, you messed us up. But Adam, you know, if it hadn't been for you, Adam, I wouldn't have had that lovely wife that he got up here and sang today. Come on, are, are you saying Adam done okay? No, I just want you to understand Adam had, had a predestined or predetermined thing that he had to do. Have you ever thought about that? If it was just for for the for the scripture, but he, but my point to you today is, as Adam took the transgression of Eve, then we have another one that prayed, and I'm going to give, go ahead and give you a few more scriptures here about our Lord. And the Bible said that uh, Romans 4:17, and God who quickened the dead. and and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So what are you saying? God had already determined what was going to be and it was going to happen before it really happened. First Peter 2, 24, who is own self, bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, that been dead to sin. We should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you you, you you were healed. Okay, let me get right down to it what God has predestined. God has predestined a church, and he's already told us about it, and when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but thine be done. As Adam in the Garden of Eden, he took that uh, uh, transgressions of Eve on himself, and he brought about the human race and what have you, and then, of course, sin and everything else has went along with it. And then Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass, he took our transgressions. That, that cup wasn't just dying. He knew that. That death wasn't a big issue. In the cup that he took, as Adam took on the sin of Eve, he took on our sins in that cup. In that cup that he drunk in the garden, he took on the sins of the world. And, you know, friend, and I, I, I'm going to get ahead of myself here, but I want to go ahead and do it. If Christ hadn't have done what he'd done, they wouldn't have been a church. If the Christ hadn't have died and drunk that bitter cup, and in that cup was you and I, and not only that I want you to get the point that I'm trying to make he predestined a church he he, he predetermined it was going to happen and the church that he predestined was a church uh, that was fashioned uh, as him and like Christ it's a Christ like church he he bought it with his own blood we've said over and over and over again but he took my sins he took my iniquities he took my transgressions he took my mean and, and all that stuff in his own body, and he predestined a church. He didn't predestine a building. He didn't predestine an organization. He didn't predestine. A, he predestined a church. That's what he's coming back after. It is a predetermined, uh, predestined, not individually. As, As Adam made the choice, Christ made the choice to drink the cup. And if you and I are going to be a part of that predestined church, we too have to make a choice. You choose. You don't come to God without making a choice. Lord, I choose to be a part. I choose. You've made a choice for me. In the garden, you choose to drink that cup. I choose to serve you. And if you're going to come, it's not joining a church. You got to be born again of the water and of the spirit. Jesus, you know what, boy, I could preach two or three things here about the garden. I could preach about the two trees, I could preach about the two gardens, and I could preach about the two sons. Did you know God had two sons? Adam was his son. Amen. I read those the deal when the discipline got that this one got that when he got down to Adam said he was the son of God. So Adam's first son had to die. Uh, he, had to, he had to he had to he had to obey. He had to take the bit. He had to take that cup. He had to take the iniquities of, of Eve. And then Christ, the, the son of God, the Lamb without sin, no no sin in him at all. The first Adam was made a living soul, but the second was a quickening spirit. The father Almighty God come down and impregnated that little virgin girl to bring forth the Christ child. And what I am talking to you about today was the tremendous price that was paid in the Garden of Gethsemane. How think we can we just kind of paddle along here and live any way we want to live and do anything we want to do and be a part of his church. He took my sins in his own body and the church that our God is coming back for It's going to be a church that's on fire for God. Amen. Folks, there's many things that goes over and over in my mind. You've heard me say it many times. The older I get, I want to say so much. I wish I could just do more than I've ever done in my life. But God is working. Last night, I was at the deal up on the square. I asked to pray. And uh, uh, the man that done the country singing, I talked with him behind the stage a little bit. We got to talking. I asked him, "Did you know him? He was from Savannah. My friend, Gerald Davis, Yeah, he knew them, he knew Jared and all this and that. We got to talking. He said, my granddad was an old-fashioned Baptist, I'm not a Baptist, a Methodist preacher, my granddad. And I said, yeah, you know, in this latter day, the, 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 the holiness movement, Pentecost, pretty well was a branch off to some degree of the, of the old-fashioned Methodist. And uh, he said, Yeah. He said, I've heard my granddad talk about it, and I've also heard him talk about it. Now, I know this, the, the apostolic church started on the day of Pentecost. I know all that. But we also know that we went through a period of time. There was one deal they called the Dark Ages. We went through, and I don't go off through all that. I don't have all the history of it, but I do know they were a falling away. It was predicted to happen, and it did happen. And Paul talked about it, and I believe it happened. And we went through that period of time, what we call the Dark Age. The Bible wasn't even in print for the average person. We know all that. And the darkness just covered the earth. And then they were a reviving about the turn of the century on 2000, uh, 1900. But even before then, before then, that was the, the Latter-day Pentecost. But before then, the old-fashioned Methodists back there in the 1800s—they used to talk about. Uh, I've heard the old Methodists talk about it, and uh, how the older Methodists talked to some of our older preachers, and said we one time had what you folks have. Said that there were times that our people would fall out in the spirit. And they would utter things that we did not understand. Their, 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 their tongues would be, you know, they, they would, we, we didn't quite understand it. And we would haul them home in wagons. They would fall out in the spirit. But we had a young boy that fall out in the spirit and had to be carried out with his daddy right here not too long ago. But what, what are you saying all that for? I, I'm telling you, if we're not very careful, and then one of the others told Brother Kilgore, And uh, I'm just bringing this where we're at right now. Uh, Brother Kilgore, one time, I heard him talk about it. He said, Brother Kilgore, one time we had what you folks have. One time we had it. But he went on to say, in a a one-year period of time, we lost a million members. And he said, you know how we've done that? We did not leave our generation a burning witness of testimony. Otherwise, we become cold. We become modern. They took the altars out, and we just let the spirit die out, and we lost a million members. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, if the Pentecostal, the apostolic, the church of the living God, don't stay on fire for God, we'll die out as well. We cannot let it happen. We will not let it happen. God has predestined a church, Brother Marshall, And the church that he predestined is a church on fire, church with power, church with the Holy Ghost power. He's not... He's not predestined this church out here on 412 to be a monument of a building, but he's predestined it to be a monument of power, Holy Ghost power. In the name of the Lord, the old fashioned power of the God Almighty that will fill hearts and lives and change them. And they're not only fall out in the Spirit, they'll walk in the Spirit, they'll live in the Spirit. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it'll be that way all the life. You've got to be born again. Predestined. He has predestined a church and he's going to have a church. He's coming back for a church. Not a dead, dull, dried church. Not a denomination. Not an organization. But he's coming back for a church on fire. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, lift your hands and praise the Lord and let me take a break. Isn't God good? I love him. I feel it right now. You know what I think I'll just take a drink of water. Praise God. I'm all up, honey. I got two people that about me. My wife and my sister. Peggy, that is. But, but folks, I, you know, I know I, I get so much going on. I got a whole bunch of other scripture. I don't even think you do any good to read them. I think you know where I'm com- coming from. God has foreordained from the very beginning and predestined a church. He foreordained it. He knew that Adam was what Adam was going to do. He knew what Eve was going to do. It was already stated from the foundation of the world even before the world was brought forth. He had a plan already in action. It was a already there and so Jesus Christ fulfilled that and when he died on the cross he said it is finished what I've come to do is finished and now I give my power, I give my spirit I'm going to tell you what folk I believe when you receive the Holy Ghost you will speak in tongues but I also believe you'll walk in the spirit, you'll live in the spirit, you won't just talk in tongues, you won't just shout at a certain song, you'll let the Holy Ghost. Praise God, rule your life, and that's what we got to have a church on fire. So he predicted, he, he, he predestined it. I want to be a part of it. I want it, don't you? We are a part. You say, Well, I am. I'm baptized in this thing. You know, we're living in a day right now, and it's, it's my son Danny was telling me about listening on the, his radio the other day about a lot of the older traditional denominations and how that they're dying out. They're dying out. I read in the newspaper where they're dying out. I'm going to tell you what, this generation is coming on. I mean, maybe the fathers, the forefathers, the granddads, the great-granddads was part of a certain denomination, organization, denomination, but they're not feeling the loyalty to that like some do. But what they're looking for now is something real themselves. You're not going to fool this generation. This has got to be real. These people are too wise for that. It's got to be real. They're not going to just take it because you say, well, you better live it because I say so. You know, I've heard that in church too, and you have too. Well, where's that in the Scripture? Well, you just do it because I'm your pastor, and I said so. That don't work anymore. You better know it, and you better know it's right. Put your finger on the word, and then let this is it. If your preacher can't tell you, show us it where it's at in the Bible, then you better say, wait a minute, man. If you can't tell me the truth and answer my question about what does this mean, what does that mean when it talks about the Holy Ghost, when it talks about baptism in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when it talks about let of the Spirit, spirit, when it talks about miracles, signs and wonders, when it talks about these things, if you can't explain it, then I'm going to go somewhere where they can. It's time that we realize it's not just getting people in a beautiful building. It's getting people in an old-fashioned altar born again. Hallelujah. I saw my friend Billy Wayne Ricketts come in this morning. Billy, you still back there? Yeah, there you are. Amen. Me and him went to the same country church out Browns. Billy Wayne, you remember it, and I remember it too. Your, your mom, your grandma, and, and all those old folks. I mean, man, you know, I, some of the stuff we had then, I don't want it anymore. You know, there ain't a whole lot of things changed, though. It, you know, a lot of little stuff except, uh, you know, texting. Back in those days, we little, little texts so-and-so like so-and-so, or maybe scratched some them on the old plaided pews if they still had a mouth there, the old plank pews. So-and-so loves so-and-so, texting, you know, sending messages. Now you got the modern stuff and you do it in church, whatever. But one thing is for sure, the Spirit of God seems, it's not changed. It's not changed. It's not changed. Brother Billy Wayne, it, it, it's, it's the same right now. I mean, the only thing is there's, there's some changes that have been made that some like and some don't like. And I've said this over and over again. I'm going to say it again. There are some changes that maybe I, my generation fit more to, you know, maybe styles and what have you. There may be a few of those. Okay, that's fine. I'm big enough and willing to change on some of that and worship God with different style. I, you know, I, I, I like it. I love it. I'm going to do that. I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna worship that, but don't ever, ever, ever ask me to change my my belief, my, my experience with God, Holy Ghost, power, anointing. Out running, shouting, praising God, it's always the same. It might have been 100 years ago, 120 years ago, 150 years ago, 2,000 years ago, but he predestined a church, a church on fire, a church with power, a church that will bring the old loss out of sin, a church that will deliver like you had a man up here a while ago, Brother Todd Rossell, one of the greatest men that I've known, and an intelligent young man, a leader in this church. The devil tried to burn his brain with drugs. He's given the own testimony. But God delivered him, set him free, gave him a new mind and a new brain, now a leader in the church. There's many of you out there that have been transformed by the power of God, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Some have been brought out of alcoholism, drug addiction, and all the other stuff. And you know, now that we got all these Now, I'm going to go ahead. We've got all of this, uh, uh, you know, Rehab for this and rehab for that. And for some people, rehab may be all right. But the only thing that's going to really change you is not rehab, but regeneration. Regeneration and the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That's the only thing. You can go to rehab. You can spend your money. You can spend your dollars. But if you're not born again of the water and of the Spirit, you will never be rehabbed. Come on, I'm telling you. I appreciate praise God. God has predestined a church. He foreordained the plan. He knew it with Adam. He knew what Adam was going to do. He knew it. And have you ever stopped to thought, what would it be if Adam hadn't have done it? You wouldn't have been here. I mean, what was God's idea, God's original plan was what he had with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. That's what he wanted with man. He made man from the dust of the earth and breathed into the nostril, the breath of life, became a living soul. He gave him a helpmate, beautiful, beautiful helpmate. And he walked with them in the cool of the day. He, he fellowshiped with them. He was right there with them. And they were enjoying life. And, yes, it came along. But he knew it was going to happen. God already knew it was going to happen. He already had a plan worked out. But now, what is his plan now? His plan is what he had in the beginning, the fellowship with you, heavenly places with the Lord. And then in the end, I know we have it now with the devil on the loose. in One of these days when the Lord returns, he's going to have a kingdom on this earth where the devil's going to be bound. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more pain, but even right now in this world you can have the peace with God, the joy of God, the righteousness of God, the Holy Ghost in this world, and that's God's plan for you. It's not God's plan for you to sit on this pew depressed and discouraged. It's not God's plan for you to sit on this pew addicted with your minds all messed up. It's God's plan for you to be born again of His Spirit, to have the joy and the peace of the Holy Holy Ghost, right now, <laughs> why, Brother Beecham, you're not in the real world. Don't you know that I am, but I want you to know I've got another world on the inside, and you have too if you've got the Holy Ghost. So, well, I got the Holy Ghost, but I didn't get it like you got it. Well, if you got it, you got it. ain't no getting it like anybody else. you just got it or you don't got it. Amen? Praise God. I love the Lord, don't you? Oh, I don't know why t- I work for four or five days a week to getting scriptures wrote down and never get around to using them. But I think you're getting the message right now. God has foreordained and t- a plan that he predestined it's going to happen It's going to be, they may be a falling away, but the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, he knoweth them that are his. And in the last days, he said he's gonna raise up a people. The last days, I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. We are right now in the last days. Honey, You buddy, get with it. We're down in the end time. At the turn of the century, 1900 rolled around, in a little old ca- a, a college, I believe it was a Presbyterian, in Kansas, there's a few students praying. They read in the Bible where it said about the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, and they began to search it. And they, a few of them went in prayer over the manor. And a turn of the century, in 1900, they, they received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. And it spread to Azusa Street in California. And from there, it spread all over the world. And right now, the fastest growing uh, movement in the world is those that believe in the Spirit of God. There's a lot of them leaving the phenomenal churches. They're leaving the dead, dull, dried religion. If they're going to have it, they want it something real and genuine. But do you know there's 62% out out there now, professed Christians uh, that don't even believe in the Spirit. Uh, you know why they don't believe in it? They haven't seen it and they haven't felt it. Somehow if God will raise up a people among them full of the Holy Ghost uh, and they may see something happening and I'm praying that it will. So church, you've got to be on fire. You've got to let the Spirit lead you. It's not by power nor by might, but it's by my Spirit saith the Lord. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. I wonder if we could get this group up here and sing a little bit more of that power and fire. Brother Nathan, get them up here. I think I would just almost quit preaching if you could get us all getting involved in it. Sometimes, you know, we we preach and you look at it, the singers get up here and sing, and they're like performers, and you're at a concert sitting on the pew and come on. Perform. It ain't no time for that. It's a time for total involvement. It's time for the whole church to get involved and yell. And so I'm going to shut cut my message a little short that my wife is praying that I would right now. I'm going to let these come up here and praise God and sing and let us all together pray. Get on up here. Don't, uh, give me the Holy Ghost song. I, I don't nothing dead, dull, not dry. I want it alive. Come on. Brother Nathan, you know how to do it. Praise God. Get on up. Come on, sing. You that's got the Holy Ghost, if you don't have it, don't get up here. You're going to out of place. Praise God. You that's got the fire, get on up here. Come on. I'll stand to your feet right now. Brother Brother Nick, come on up here. I'll let you take it. We're going to praise God. It's still a little early. We got a little time left. I, I, I may have preached about 30 minutes. That's long enough. Brother Greens, if you say that's long enough for a good sermon, too long for a bad one. But I, whatever the case is, I want us to get together. Come on up here, get your mics, and get on up here. We're going to praise God together. Amen. Oh, hallelujah! Are you ready? Are you ready? And I'm going to tell you something right now. If you don't have the Holy Ghost while we're singing and praising God, you can have it right now. You believe that? Let's sing. Where's the rest of y'all? Praise. Where's the rest? What, where's the rest of our singing? Well, have you got the Holy Ghost? I said those that had the Holy Ghost. Now you have come on. Now comes the Holy Ghost. I said those that's got the Holy Ghost. If you don't have it, don't get up here. If you do, get up here. Praise God. Come on. Now you go. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. 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 Praise God. I hope you feel what I feel. I know you do. It's in this house. Said, so, well, I don't know if that's for me. Well, it's for everybody. Promise it to you, your children, those that are far off, many as the Lord our God shall call. And Brother Nick, come on up here. Get the thing you saying. We're going to close out here in the next few moments praising God. our way up around the front. Let's come up to the front. Let's sing that there is power, 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 wonder-working power in the blood. Say. it, hallelujah, power, power. If you don't have it, you can have it. It's for you. for Jesus Christ to hang out for praise this evening. Come on, somebody. Let's give him praise before we leave this house. Let yes. me use our voices. God, you've been good to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's our bishop. And I stick by that. For it is true, the same Spirit that was with them then is with us now. The same power that they had then, it's now. And I encourage you, if you don't if you haven't experienced that power, that peace, that presence of God in your life, I want to tell you that it's for you. It's a promise that he says. It's for you. It's for your kids. It's for our next generation after generation. It's for you. It's not something difficult. It's not something we have to fully understand all the answers to. But I promise you, if you'll be sincere and you'll go to Him in repentance,